Point Podcast Network. This is The Shot Clock, a weekly analysis on trending NBA news from the people who understand the sport best. All right, hello everybody and welcome to the second episode of the Shot Clock Podcast series where we talk about NBA basketball and I am your host Chris Platty as well as joining me is our, my boys F and Nicholas, and they are. Go- we have a lot of topics actually to go through today, and we are going to start with Kevin Love. It, there's a report uh, out there. It's um it's on Bleacher Report, and it says that the Cavs front office fears Kevin Love is leaving for free agency. I'll start with you, Nick. What do you think about that? Um, uh, obviously that would hurt the Cavs. Um, we hear a lot of talk about how he spreads the floor for them and how you know they're really missing something without him being around. Um, there is an interesting report by uh, Adrian Wojciechowski for Yahoo Sports saying that um, Love is really almost infatuated with going to Los Angeles and, and actually had pretty warm feelings for Boston before the injury. Uh, and now he's actually, from what I've read, he's... Uh, holding things against Kelly Olniak for that injury, pushing L.A. even more to the front than uh, Boston was. So um, if I'm Cavs fans, I'm awful worried about it. I think that uh, I think Kevin does care about his stats falling apart since he went from Minnesota to Cleveland. I don't think he's a, uh, a rah-rah guy by any means, and uh, I think there's a real chance he could be gone. Yeah, uh, apparently Kevin Love isn't returning Kelly Olniak's calls. And uh, Kelly's, Kelly's just trying to be a nice guy and apologize for what he did. I don't know. I think Kevin's, Kevin loves salty. He's been through so much. This has been an awful experiment experience for him. I mean, it's not like he had things good in Minnesota, but now he's in Cleveland where he thought he was going to be, you know, in the spotlight. And pretty much all he's been was overshadowed. Um, from the beginning, it was LeBron and Kyrie. And, I mean... Anderson Verjao goes down, and then the team all of a sudden is desperate for help from the center position. And, I mean, no one's talking about Kevin Love, and his numbers didn't increase when that happened. Uh, they got Timothy Mozgov, and they started winning games again. It's not like he has been – his numbers haven't gone up. They've gone down, rebounding and scoring. Um, but the only thing is, is what other destination is can offer more? I feel like Cleveland – he can opt in. He can, Chris, like you said, wait for the 2016 TV deal. Um, basically, what would it hurt? Just one more year and give it a shot. If Cleveland wins the championship this year, though, without Kevin Love, I don't know, because it's like then it's like we can do it without you. Why do we need you? So maybe he will walk out. And it all depends on how things shake out in this playoff. Well, and let's. And let's remember that uh, if he opts in, he would be getting about 16.75 next next season to play. Oh, 16.5 million, sorry. Um, if he opted out and signed a max deal, he would only be getting about 19 million. So really, is the two and a quarter million um, worth him opting out and playing for a terrible team? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where his uh, mind is at. Yeah. Um. I just want to say that I think there is a legit. Um. There's a legit. Uh. There's legitimacy to the report that Kevin Love could be leaving, and I think he definitely uh, he's definitely entertaining the idea because Cleveland has treated him awful. Um, 
from the start, like you said, it was it was uh, Kyrie and LeBron and David Blatt and Kevin Love were the two scapegoats. Mm-hmm. And LeBron early on he didn't really embrace Kevin Love. Now he's starting to. So I don't know if I don't know if that means that um, that the Cavs really do want him that bad. I don't know if the Cavs are really um, that concerned with keeping him. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not too sure about that. I agree with you. I don't know that they really need him. I think that they can, you know, switch him out for some other pieces and he can go do whatever he wants and they'd probably be fine. I could see the Cavs, even without Kevin Love, making it to the Eastern Conference Finals multiple years. Yeah. The East is so bad and there's not many teams that are on the rise that can defeat Cleveland anytime soon. Well, and let's, and let's remember, guys, that uh, you've got Tristan Thompson, who's going to be a free agent coming up, too. So yep. maybe they uh, let Love go and use some of that money towards Thompson. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, in terms of, like, how David Blatt has used him, I think Kevin Love's a great player. I think the Cavs should want to keep him. I think he is a team guy, but I think he's frustrated just by the way he's been treated, honestly. I I do disagree with you, Nick, and, and all those. Um, you don't think he's this team guy. I, I think he totally is. I think he does really want to win, but I think he's just been treated so bad that I think he does want out. I think the uh, what the Cavs could do is the way David Blatt uses them is just strictly a spot-up four. Is they'd honestly be better off like letting him walk and taking somebody like uh, Ryan Anderson, who's going to be like $8 million or $9 million next year, so that's like $10 million less than what Kevin Love's going to get. Yeah, but if I'm Kevin option. Love, I think I should opt in, wait for that max deal, because I think the thing is is that all the GMs around the league wanted to see if Kevin Love could do damage in the playoffs, if he could really be lethal, and he could prove himself in the playoffs, and he didn't get that opportunity. So I just think that I just think that um, he's gonna, he has no choice but to opt in, honestly. It would be beneficial for him to do it. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I agree with that. Um, so we'll move on to the next topic. Uh, Tom Thibodeau will be let go by by sources within the Bulls' uh, front office. They think that Tom Thibodeau is done. Obviously, this has been a rumor all year for the last – actually, it goes back two or three years now. But So you guys think it is 100% he's gone? Um, I don't think that the Bulls can really – I think it's too late. You know, how do you men – how do you fix that? relationship now after all this talk um I think he has one foot out the door but I mean it would be a huge mistake for the Bulls to let him go but honestly I don't think they have a chance and he is one of the best defensive minds in the NBA but I mean and he has a really good way of making all his players buy into the system the Celtics don't win a championship in 2007 without Thibs you know Mm -hmm. and they haven't won one since but what do you do you can't it's the relationships have been deteriorated and this isn't the first time we've seen this from the Bulls front office with the Vinny Del Negro, John Paxson incident. But, uh, you know, I, it's it's weird. Their front office, I mean, and I can understand it because Thibodeau, he has a way of grinding his players down. Uh, the last four NBA minutes leaders were Thibodeau players between Luol Dang and Jimmy Butler, and the year before that it was Dang and four. So, I mean, that combined with the health of the team, Noel constantly gets a lot of minutes. He got a lot of minutes even through plantar fasciitis. Um, it's just time for him to go. I think Thibodeau would work great with a young squad, a team that can play those those minutes. Washington, for, for instance, if Randy Whitman gets let go, or Orlando. I think he would have a field day with Alfred Payton and Victor Oladipo. 
So yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. What do you think about that, Nick? Um, I agree with Efren in that I have concerns about how he runs his players into the ground. Um, he will also overplay injured players, um, which kind of worries me. Uh, I think that the Bulls have had a good run, and I I understand that there's a little bit of drama between the upper management and uh, coach, but I feel like he's he's earned at least another year. Uh, it's not like the Bulls have been bad teams under his run. Right. Um, they're a contender every single year. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I Obviously, I'm not in, in the loop as far as what's going on. I don't understand how they can't just uh, squash the beef and uh, just be happy with the fact that they are constantly one of the two or three best teams in the Eastern Conference every year. Right. I, I see where the um, – not the Cavs, I'm sorry, the Bulls front office is coming from. I, I understand because from their perspective, they're just seeing Derrick Rose run into the ground. They're seeing now Joachim Noah, who's only 29, looks like he's 34, and yep. you know, all, all the all that going on. But I don't know if I don't know if Tom Thibodeau is just. I don't think he's the right coach for this era. What do you think about that? Do you think like maybe 80s, 90s, Tom Thibodeau would be a lot better? And he yeah, just doesn't fit nowadays age because of the way he coaches. Don't we all want to see that basketball come back, though? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I want to see that come back. Absolutely. That, I mean, that's why, I have a, that's why I'm always rooting for Memphis, because they play, you know, blue-collar basketball, as they like to call it. And Thibodeau is that kind of guy, too. And I love hearing, like, him yelling with his raspy voice on the court. It, it really reminds me of early 2000s, late 90s basketball. Yeah. And that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think... Um, I just think that with Tom Thibodeau, I think what he's better off doing is he's taking teams that are near. Uh, he's either he's either going to start um, with a sign a long five year deal with a young team like Orlando. Mm-hmm. I think that's not not a bad situation. A team that, like you said, is young can play minutes. And I also think that there's nothing wrong with him taking like maybe like a two-year deal on like a team like Memphis or somebody not not necessarily Memphis but a team that's contending because I think that after four years or so the players really feel feel the wear and tear but I think in the first couple of years it's it, it works really well yeah. I actually I really like your point on Orlando because I think like you said um, if he gets some young players under him um, he can run those guys into the floor every night and they'll handle it okay but uh, we've seen, uh, if there's any knocks on Thibodeau, it's the fact that he actually doesn't know how to how to um, manage a, a deep roster. I mean, where has Miracic been in the in this playoff series? Yeah, that's crazy. Seen, I think you've seen him a total of nine minutes, I think, in game in one and two combined. Yeah, especially considering, I mean, they can use all the help they can get. And it, and from what I've seen from, from uh, Miracic, he's not a bad defender. I mean, he kind of holds his own when he's out there. Um, and they could use the spacing, and Definitely. no one needs the rest. Let's face it. And Powell, they both need to sit. So and Mir- and with Miritich, he's he's versatile. He's uh, we talked about Kevin Love being a stretch four. Uh, Miritich is compared to Dirk Nowitzki all the time. Plus, he actually led the NBA in fourth quarter scoring this year. So you know he's good um, when the game is on the line. So I, it just boggles me that he doesn't play him more. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you guys on that. I, I think it's crazy that he doesn't. 
And I really don't know if that what Tom Thibodeau's reason is. It's is it just Joaquim Noah and Pau Gasol are better players, therefore they're playing more, or I, I really don't know. I think Tom it's Thibodeau. what you said. I think it's what you said earlier that he knows he's out and he's just playing these guys, you know, to the ground. He knows yeah. this, this is probably his last chance. I'm gonna get out as much as I can from these guys. And Although I think we would. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I think we would do the same thing if we were in his shoes, though. Oh, I think we would just run ground. With how bad management's treated me, I just run everybody to the ground regardless. It's kind of cynical, but but hey, I mean, you. I mean, why not? You have a shot at. You have a legit shot at a championship with the Chicago Bulls team if they can stay healthy. Which I don't. I don't know. It's always funny to think that. Uh, what these players' careers would be like if they didn't have Tom Thibodeau? Would Derrick Rose be injury prone? All these, all these things, yeah. all these questions. So I think that teams are going to be skeptical when they're um, thinking about hiring them. But a team like Orlando, like you said, is a team that doesn't really have anything to lose. They're a bottom feeding team right now, so they really can go nowhere but up. So I think they'd benefit a lot from Thibodeau. I agree. All right, and the. Next subject is Mike Conley. Uh, he returned, leading the Grizzlies to a game to win, uh, 97-90. And Mike Conley put up some great numbers. He played very well. And so I'll start this with you, Nicholas. Do you think Mike Conley is underrated? Mike Conley, for his career, has averaged 13.4 points, about 5.5 assists, 3 rebounds a game, with a steal and a half. Um, this year... He averaged almost 16 points, five and a half assists, about his career norm, three rebounds, again, his career norm, and the steals were right in line, too. Um, if you if you compare him to other point guards in the league, uh, his, his scoring, he was 13th out of all point guards. Uh, assists, he was 16th. Rebounds, he was 22nd. And steals per game, he was 16th. This isn't as a whole. This is against every other point guard in the NBA. So when you ask if he's if he's underrated, no. I think he's kind of in the Tony Parker mold. I think he is what he is. Um, he runs the offense effectively, uh, puts pressure on the ball on defense, helps them do what they like to do. But um, you're also looking at a guy that makes under $9 million a year. Um, again, I looked that up, and he's 14th highest paid point guard, and he gets a little raise to 9.5 next year so. You're paying for the 14th overall point guard. You're getting about the 15th, 17th. So, um, no, I don't think he's underrated. I think he is what he is. Uh, you know what? I wrote down the same thing as you, um, but I'm going to go ahead and change my mind. I think that he is underrated because he doesn't need to do the things that the highly rated point guards need to do on his team. The team isn't built around scoring from the guard position at all, actually. Um, you see Memphis having success with Courtney Lee, Tony Allen, Mike Conley, guys that I'm sure if asked to could score, but they don't have to, so they just do what they need to do. I think Mike Conley is like, you know, a, a game-managing point guard, and he's really good at it. He might be one of the best. He isn't flashy. I mean, he can burst. He had multiple 20-5 and five games this year. I think he had 11, and I don't know. I think he is... A little underrated. We should be hearing more about him, given the success that Memphis has seen. And he is the least talked about player on that team at times. So, yeah, he is underrated. I don't think he's great. I think he is middle of the pack, but the general media talks about him like he's 
the 20th, the 25th best point guard. I think he's a little bit underrated. So Just you're saying bit. that in terms of um, the public and the masses, so to speak, you think that they think he's underrated? Um, I don't think the – no, I think he is or underrated. At all, rather. Yeah, I think that they don't – he's not talked about enough. He does yeah. what he needs to do, and he does it very well. Um, Mike Connolly definitely isn't, isn't a weak point of that team. Um, they could use a lot more things than a point guard. Um, uh, Efren, he's he's played 72 games or more in only four of his eight NBA seasons. He has a lot of good point guards that have missed a lot of games, though. Yeah. Uh, that's true, but did you see Memphis fall apart when he was out for these long runs? And he does look really cool with the mask. I think the mask will get him a little bit more of that uh, public notoriety. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Rip Hamilton. Yes, yeah. yes, Rip Hamilton. Diehard Piston fan right here. You're looking at, okay, I got to say real quick, <laughs> while we're talking about Rip Hamilton, while we brought him up. Are we talking about Rip Hamilton? Rip, yeah, we are now, okay? Executive decision. We're talking about Rip Hamilton. He was my favorite player. In 2004, he was the guy who got me into basketball. Matter of fact, I have a story that I one day I went up to my mom and I asked her if I could have cornrows, and she said, you're out of your mind. And I also asked her for a face mask, and she said, one, those are expensive, and two, your nose is fine. You don't need one. And I said, okay, fine. So I settled for just getting the headband and playing like Rip. And I mean, Rip, awesome. Rip, is, Rip is an awesome guy, dude, and I'm sad to see him retired. And uh, one more thing, while we are on the topic of the Pistons, I meant to do it in the Kevin Love uh, segment, but I didn't get to it. I am campaigning. Hashtag Kevin Love, come to the Motor City. We know Greg Monroe's leaving. Kevin Love, you'd be perfect. Uh, Stan Van Gundy turned Rashard Lewis into like an all-star caliber player. He could turn you into, I don't know what, but I mean, you're, you'd be a Rashard Lewis 5.0. So Kevin Love, I know things aren't right in Cleveland. <laughs> and, uh, you obviously aren't that against the cold weather, so why not move to the better Midwest team, and that's the Detroit Pistons. Is this, you would have to fact check me. You'd have to fact check me on this one, but I believe Richard Lewis was actually an All Star in Seattle. Was he? I believe he was. I mean, he did have great years with Dwight in Orlando. Well, a couple. Okay. But, but yeah, that's that would be a role that he would work really well in in Van Gundy's system. Oh yeah, I mean, look at Anthony. Ta okay, you guys probably don't know, but Anthony Tolliver was amazing for us this year. Yeah, I know. I, I he, put, he found himself on multiple daily fantasy games of mine. Yeah, I picked so, him up in my fantasy league too, but then <laughs> you know, still still lost in the playoffs, so still getting over that. All you right, lost well, even with Anthony Tolliver on your team? What was that? <laughs> no, nothing. Continue. Um, All right. Um, Richard Lewis was named an all-star twice. He was twice? Once in Orlando? Right. Once, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Once in Orlando, once in Seattle. Wow. Who would have thought? Anyways, Kevin Love, you'd be great in Detroit. Please come. Uh, no one will try and break your shoulder there. I can promise you that. <laughs> and that will do it for our main show. We will have several podcasts coming up throughout the week. One of these segments will be on uh, John Wall's injury. And another will be on Jimmy Butler. We'll talk most improved, and we'll talk about um, uh, some other players that maybe got overlooked or 
should have been into consideration. And we also will each have our own um, quick little segments uh, on anything from the cap, uh, the salary cap rising and uh, over the next couple of years, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge's free agency and the fact that Austin Rivers is now a starting point guard in the playoff for not just one but two games, multiple games. Uh, so stay tuned for those. And as always, you can catch these uh, the Shot Clock podcast on viewpointnetwork.com slash um, Shot Clock, and you can find it on iTunes as well as SoundCloud and other, um, and other media devices. So before we go, Nick and F, why don't you tell them where you, where you guys can be found on Twitter? Go ahead, F. Uh, I am at Efren Ramos, and uh, it's E-F-R-A-I-N-R-A-M-O-S. Um, I am at Nicholas underscore Tozier, that is T-O-Z-I-E-R. And uh, more importantly, you can find us um, at the Hoop Trends on Twitter. All right, and you can find me at Crispy1132, that's C-H-R-I-S-P-Y-1132. That, that is my Twitter handle. You can find me there. And, um, it, gentlemen, it was a pleasure working with you, and uh, we'll be working again together in the future. Absolutely. And we'll talk more hoops. Yep, definitely. So thank you for tuning in, and uh, stay tuned for the next uh, podcast coming out. Thanks.